Ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! What a play! Wade Wise makes the catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! This is the Shoeless Goat Podcast. Brent Brown drops the ball! He drops the ball! Three runs will score! You gotta be beeping me! What in the hell are you doing? Hello and welcome back to Season 4. Season 4, everyone, of the Shoeless Goat Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined again by the mayor of Section 509, Patrick Bovard. Pat, how are you doing? Nick, I'm doing great. It is great to be back on here with you. Finally, we have like actual baseball to talk about and not like labor negotiations, which I personally have no expertise or interest in. And for the first time since we've been doing this, I'm going to try this out. I don't know how it's going to work. I'm recording this as a reigning division champion. And yes, I bought the pennant because it's been 13 years, so I don't need to hear anything about that. It just like reminds me of those horrible Nashville Predators banners of them like winning the division. Was it? It was like making the playoffs or something like that. They put banners up. Wasn't it like President's Cup or whatever? And then they like lost first round of the playoffs. Something like that. I, I haven't uh, followed like Florida. Much. What Florida State basketball like number four ranking season canceled due to COVID. Oh yeah. It, 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 the list goes on and on. I will say we did touch on it. We're going to have to talk about it just for a second that there was a 100-day strike that will probably bring itself up in about two years because they kind of just kicked the can down the road. They almost had to um, because we haven't had a full season of baseball in quite some time. So um, I feel like they did the smart thing, but it's going to come back. Not talking about that. All I'm asking is, Pat, if we, for some reason, had to go on strike from Sant and San Chicago, what would be your demands to come back? Or what would be your biggest Ooh. demand? I'm, I'm, I'm going to need some sort of free food. That'd be my thing. You know, that, go, doing the 2016 MLB CBA, I need some sort of meal stipend here. Uh, that, I, I don't know, I want a microphone. I don't like this headset's nice, but that. And if they could pay for my season tickets, that, you know, if we're really, really going hard line, I'm prepared to miss time for that. <laughs> you know, we're writing them down. I also now am a season ticket holder, so Ooh. I could get it, get in on that. Um, and they weren't cheap. So I'm just saying, Sammy and George, if you're listening, which I know you are, um, just, just know it's, it's possible. Not to say that it's going to happen. It's possible. If we could pull that off with the amount of, with the lack of leverage that we have, that would be something. They would you study know, that. <laughs> they certainly would. Case studies after case studies. Anyway, um, obviously we're super excited to be back here because that means baseball is just around the corner. We have two teams going in pretty, pretty different directions, but the Cubs kind of are, um, you know, we don't know what they're doing, which is, which is why it's exciting. Are they a 68 win team? Are they an 88 win team? The CBA picks tanking, man. They're trying to win. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no more tanking in the MLB as we can clearly see with our friends in Oakland and Cincinnati. Uh, But in any case, I think it's a good to just start off with uh, team acquisitions. Pat, I'm going to have you go first. Let's just talk about the uh, major transactions that the White Sox made in order to win more than one playoff game. Oh God, I had to do that. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know. I kind of got Twitter open here, just, you know, hoping I get like that miracle, like Michael Conforto has agreed to it three-year deal with two opt-outs because apparently that's the trend now. Um, but as it stands right now, it hasn't been the most exciting offseason for the White Sox. Like, I, I give it a B-minus if I'm giving it a grade. Like, they've made acquisitions that make the team better, but 
is I'll kind of go through. They didn't really address the weaknesses, but it's also they're in a weird situation where the obvious weaknesses on the roster, right field, second base, probably starting pitching depth, were not the reason they lost in the playoffs. They lost the reason in the playoffs because their hitters could not get an extra base hit, and their starting pitchers that was their strength the entire season couldn't get through four innings. Like that's which is just weird. They lost in the playoffs because of their not because of their weaknesses, but because of their strength. Uh, but in any event, um, how what did they do this offseason? So Carlos Rodon is gone. Uh, pretty big loss, assuming he can stay healthy. But with him, you never know. Um, got a nice little $44 million deal with the Giants. Sox are never going to pay him that. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is gone, uh, which I'll kind of come back to that. Ryan Tapera is gone. Brian Goodwin is probably gone. And Billy Hamilton, uh, Billy the hitter, as of this morning, is gone to Seattle on a minor league deal. Um, Evan Marshall's out with Tommy John. Jace Fry is gone. Nobody cares about him. In terms of additions, Kendall Graveman was the first big pre-lockout move. Three years, $24 million, no opt-outs. Uh, apparently now I have to mention opt-outs because everybody seems to be getting them. Uh, and then also before the lockout, we re-signed Lurie Garcia. Three years, $16.5 million. Both good moves. Kendall Graveman, you know, maybe he won't get back to the peak he was at last year, but it was a very good relief pitcher and adds a nice profile of kind of a sinker-heavy approach instead of that high four-seam slider curveball uh, that a lot of the bullpen relied on last year. So I like that move a lot. Um also, his World Series experience now at the expense of the White Sox. Uh, Joe Kelly then post-lockout, probably the biggest move so far. Two years, $17 million, including a club option for 2024. Uh, he's kind of hurt right now with the bicep injury, but again, kind of a nice bullpen depth move. Uh, not, again, like I like that they added pitchers with different profiles. He's more curveball sinker. He's not, you know, four-seam slider. That's it. Um, a lot of playoff experience, which clearly they need more guys with. Um, outside of that, really just minor deals. Vince Velasquez, one year, three million starting pitching depth. People were upset about it. I don't really care. You need extra pitchers to get through 162. And then Josh Harrison, one year, five and a half million to play second base. You can make the case, why did they give him five and a half when they could have had Cesar Hernandez, who's probably a little bit better now as a player, plus as a switch hitter for six. I don't know the answer to that, um, other than they thought maybe they were going to get someone bigger at second. And then Craig Kimbrell, I guess, is kind of the elephant in the room. Still on the roster, $16 million option picked up. Don't really know what's going to happen there. But as of right now, I am assuming he is a White Sox because we're about three weeks out from the season. And it seems like nobody that wants a closer is trying to pay for or trying to trade for him right now. Yeah, a few things. Craig Kimbrell is um, no stranger to uh, late season joining of new teams. So if the White Sox do trade him, that'll give him another excuse to take a couple months off like he always likes to do when he switches team to team. Uh, I love the Josh Harrison signing, actually, and not because he's a great player, but because he kind of is. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. But uh, when I was working for the Cubs, we were I was standing in the Pirates dugout when he was on the team, and uh, I walked into the tunnel and came out too late. So I was in the uh, the Pirates dugout for the national anthem, standing next to Josh Harrison. And the woman singing, although had a masterful voice, was holding out every note way too long and kind of waving every one of the notes. And Josh Harrison just turns to me and whispers in my ear, you know, sometimes less is more, <laughs> which, I, which I thought That's... was phenomenal. Big fan for life after that. So that was great. So you got a good morale guy on the team, if anything. Yeah, I mean, energy's good. And he's like, his approach is probably good for this team where he is very aggressive, doesn't really walk a lot, doesn't strike out a lot, makes contact. You don't need nine all-stars up and down the lineup as much as I would love to have that. And I don't want to talk about contact happy second baseman uh, for obvious reasons because we had one of those. But uh, all in all, like if Josh Harrison is your nine hitter, you have a pretty good lineup, I think is the best way to put that deal. 
Yeah, and he was doing pretty well with Detroit, too, so you got him out of the division, yeah. which uh, the division, we'll talk about that in a second, too, definitely got a little stronger. It's, um, it's going to make uh, the White Sox run a, a little bit tougher than it was <laughs> last year. Contested, I guess. Well, at least they'll play a meaningful game in August. Yeah, you know? that's yeah, I, which I can't hurt. Clearly, it didn't no. work for him last year. Exactly. So, a um, little light on the White Sox side, much to the chagrin of uh, White Sox Twitter of uh, not opening up the bank for a number of players like uh, Chris Bryant or you know whoever else. Uh, but in any case, uh, still a really solid squad on the South side. Cubs side is in an enigma at best. Um, they did some great things though. I have to say, I'll just go through them one by one. Uh, one Wade Miley, they, uh, they, they picked him up when the Reds decided their tank before anybody else decided before, even before the CBA said that tanking is still okay. The Reds decided to just not pick up his $10 million option makes no sense whatsoever. So they claimed him. He's going to be their second or third starter, depending on, you know, injuries and everything like that. Uh, Clint Frazier, kind of a, um, you know, I guess a low cost risk, high upside as a prospect, never really panned out with the Yankees. Uh, Jan Gomes was signed as a backup catcher, um, pissing off Wilson Contreras, having him take all of his Cubs pictures off his Instagram only to put him back on. Probably the marquee, marquee signing, uh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> until about a week and a half ago was the Marcus Stroman starting pitching signing. I love the energy he brings. Uh, he doesn't think this is a rebuild. I possibly disagree, but either way, he's probably going to be the face of the franchise these next two or three years, if not more. Uh, Anderson Simmons, probably going to be your starting shortstop. So that was a nice little signing. If you, you lose Javi Baez, but you did pick up somebody with better defense than him, just not as good of a bat. Um, and then former White Sox great Dave Robertson, who hasn't pitched in about a year and a half now on the Cubs, possible closer with Cody Hoyer injured. Uh, Steven Brault, Cub killer with all his crazy tattoos off the Pirates now on the Cubs minor league deal, though. Uh, Jonathan VR was also signed by the Cubs, utility infielder. Uh, I think Fangraphs has him as the starting third baseman projected. I kind of disagree with that. Um, and I'll, We'll get into starting lineups in just a bit. And then uh, Robert Giselman, Drew Smiley, and Michael Givens. Smiley is going to be your fifth starter because Ad- Edward Alzali is starting on the 60-day IL. And then Givens and Giselman uh, will be in a bullpen that is full of no-names. So with that being said, they didn't do anything to make the team uh, worse than it was last year. Um, but I, I guess I will say they have improved the team, but not enough to contend, even in kind of a, a weak division. And I think the only way the Cubs do make the playoffs is if they – take advantage of that weak division and get a little help from everybody else as well. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think you put it, then you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I like the off season a lot. I think Stroman is a great pitcher to bring on there and his profile should age. Well, like he doesn't rely on overwhelming stuff. Uh, he's had some injuries, but like that was more, I don't know. I, I don't view it as like kind of him breaking down or anything. His, his stuff should age pretty well. Uh, the Suzuki signing came out of kind of nowhere and was funny that it took him away from the Padres who then had to pivot to Luke Voigt. Uh, Cause that's what the Padre fans were hoping to get this off season, but uh, great signing there. Kind of, I think, I don't know if it's just the front office realizing late last season that rebuilding is bad for business with the Cubs. And unlike maybe the last time around, like when, you know, Wrigley field was still sold out and the Cubs were relatively like rebuild proof in terms of losing fan interest. Clearly that was not the case in 2021. And I think with all the investments they put into it, maybe they're not, you know, trying to win and go break the bank right now, but they have to put an interesting team on the field to keep yeah. people entertained. Otherwise, yeah. like, as you saw it, like people, like it wasn't empty, but like, you know, the crowds late last year were nowhere near where they had been. 
Yeah, we were picking up $6 bleacher tickets towards the end. So, I mean, I get it. Um, I was so um, – I was I was going for the the drama of it. Uh, I was going to leave Suzuki for last and then just completely forgot to bring him up. So, thank you for that. They did get um, a the most coveted Japanese signing of the offseason. Um, and that's a lot to be excited about for sure. Kind of shocked he picked the Cubs. I thought Padres as well. And, in fact, his conversation with you, Darvish, apparently was uh, about the Cubs was, was what – helped i guess have him sign you darvish not having the best start to his cubs time there but i guess he had a lot of nice things to say about him so hey we'll take that uh but you would think that you darvish would recruit for his own team (laughs) kind of reminds me of uh three off seasons ago when yonder alonzo and john jay who were employees of the chicago white Sox, were telling manny machado how great the padres were yeah so that is i mean and not only that one isn't uh um, one of them Machado's cousin too, right? John Jay, I, if I have the relationships remembered right, John Jay is his like best friend, I think cousin, I don't know, one of those two. And Yonder Alonso is his married to his sister or something like that. Yeah, he's his brother-in-law. So I loved that offseason for White Sox Twitter because of all the um, fake rumors like, <laughs> oh, they're talking every day and they some had, random guy's dad is- his glove. His yeah. glove being black and white. Oh, it was it was it was great for it was great for speculation all around. Um, but you know, you don't need a guy like that on your team, right, Pat? Oh, we don't need we don't need a team killer. No, look what happened. He goes to San Diego. They don't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so moving on, I think uh, obviously the teams are going to different directions, but you're absolutely right. The Cubs have to put a watchable product on the field, so that's why they made some of the signings they did. Um, does the does the full teardown always lead to a championship? It did for the Cubs the first time. I don't think that formula is as effective anymore. Um, definitely not, especially the Houston Astros did it, the Cubs did it, but everyone else who's tried it in the last 15, 20 years, it's not really worked for. I mean, the Padres have done it for years. They had like a five-year rebuild. Um, you know, I guess you could say the White Sox are in the middle of it now. They're we'll find out. In. They might be the last bastions for it. Maybe the Royals, but the Royals didn't really sell people off. They just kind of built up their farm system. Yeah, and they went full bullpen heavy, right? Yeah. So like um they they still had Mustakis, they still had um oh they had Zobrist and they had uh Lorenzo Kane, Hosmer Lorenzo Hosmer, all those guys, but then they, they stacked their bullpen yep. and then just had the best managing in a playoff series like in a playoff stretch I've seen in a long time too. So but yeah, the full rebuild is kind of a thing of the past, so you kinda just have Thank to like God. Yeah, re- seriously. It. Oh, it's horrible. And and yet the Reds and, and the A's think that it's still a thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but but what, what I'm getting at is that um, I think every team's like move is to kind of copy what the Mariners did is just to stick in it until the trade deadline and see if it's worth it and then make a push. Yep. Which is so should, that's how it should be. It should be. Yeah. You should not decide that if you're going to make the playoffs in April. No, I mean like the, I think the worst thing that's happened with professional sports, and this is definitely getting way off the rails here is that like, Fans have come to expect if you're not like, it's like, if you're not a top five team, you should just blow everything up like that. Like, it's cool. The White Sox are good now, but like those like three years when they were terrible was awful. Yeah. And that's why I was dreading this, this Cubs teardown. Um, But uh, luckily I'm actually rather excited for the year for sure. So um, moving on, because we talked on that a little too much, but uh, I went and I even did it 
on my piece of paper. I'll even show you, Pat, and for those who watch. I did it like they set up the lineup. Hold on, let's get it centered. There we go. It, at the game, like when you're watching on TV, I put them <laughs> in the, the exact positions and spots that I thought they would they should be at. So I'm going to do my opening day starting lineup. Okay. Um, n- not a not a batting order. We're not there yet um, in the research, but just who plays where. Obviously, Wilson Contreras is starting behind the plate. I love that the DH is a thing only for him. I hate the DH. I will always hate the DH, but it's a thing, and we won't get into it. But um, Wilson Contreras doesn't have to catch 140 games now. Um, he can he can just swing the bat, and you have uh, Jan Gomes to play catcher. Uh, first base, you have Frank the Tank Schwindel. Second base, Nico Horner, Anderson Simmons. Obviously, I think you're starting shortstop. Uh, and Patrick Wisdom at third. That puts the outfield. Suzuki is a right fielder, so I'd rather have him play where he's supposed to. I want Rafael Ortega starting in center field. Uh, he had a great season last year. And then uh, my kind of a wild card pick is Clint Frazier in left and Nick Madrigal at the DH. Ooh, so who does, I mean, he keeps getting hurt. So let's just give him, get him swinging a little bit, get him what he's good at. I mean, he plays second base otherwise. So um, we'll, we'll see anyway. So that leaves Ian Happ and uh, Jason Hayward on the bench. Uh, David Bodie's hurt to start the season. So that's not, not really a thing, but I mean, you could put wisdom in left field too, I guess, but I like him playing third base. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's kind of where I have it. Obviously you also have the pitcher um, filling that last spot there, but uh, the, I guess the big thing is just trying out. I think uh, Clint Frazier is kind of like your Jock Peterson experiment all over again this year. So I want him starting in left field. I don't think they will. They're going to have Hap probably start in left field and I can't stand it because he has proven time and after time, he just can't get it done. Yep. I don't know. I, it, this is the time of year where you can like experiment with some of those guys though. I don't know if they will, like Jason Hayward is still making, you know, all the money. So I don't know if they put like have him rod on the bench, but if there's a year to try out some guys like Clint Frazier, not this is the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they probably end up will uh, have either. They're going to have like Hayward in center and happen left and then have Frazier and Ortega coming off the bench. That's what kind of looks the best mm-hmm. on paper. But as Ron Sano said, as I've said before, you know what else they use paper for? So in any case, um, what do you got for the South side starting lineup? Yeah, there's really not a lot of drama at this point. Um, seems pretty clear cut with the exception of right field. Who's going to be starting where? So I'll get the obvious ones out of the way. Uh, catcher, we're going to have Yasmani Grandal, the best catcher in baseball. Uh, no. Easy decision there. We, I, we we could spend 20 minutes talking about that point, so we'll move along. <laughs> yeah. uh, f- first base, Jose Abreu. Shortstop, Tim Anderson. Moncada at third. Loy in left. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. Uh, Robert in center. And then really the only three, I guess three, but you kind of know who's going to start on at least one of them. It's going to be second base, right field, DH. I think Josh Harrison easily is at second. Um, that signing doesn't make sense if you're not going to start him. In right, right now, I, as the lineup is currently constructed, I would probably put Andrew Vaughn there, I guess. I just, I don't, I don't like that you're asking now a 23 year old who did not play above a ball last year and had to play left field because you didn't have a backup plan in left field to go out and play right now when he was not good in the outfield. And all he should be focusing on is developing his bat because that's where he's going to make his money for this team. Uh, eventually taking over first from Abreu, but probably DH. In an ideal world, I'd put him in DH. But I think just the way the lineup is right now, you probably put Vaughn in right, and then you put Gavin Sheets at DH. I, I mean, the only other options there is Lurie starting somewhere, but Lurie's value is as a utility player. Like, he's not a 600-plate appearance guy a year. There's nothing wrong with that. He was 
Last year was his best year of his career, and he was able to play anywhere on the field depending on where guys were hurt. I started him right field in the playoffs. He played short. He played some positions. I don't want him starting because then he can't go play anywhere else. Um, obviously, I would love for them to go sign Michael Conforto. I don't think that's going to happen. And then they're really – I mean, I, I don't know who else would even be an option, though, because maybe Angle and right and you DH Vaughn, but it depends. I don't know. I, I'm not thrilled about right, but again, it's like when you have a lineup with realistically seven guys who you could talk yourself into playing all-star caliber seasons – uh, around the field, like right's not that big. It's not as important, I guess, is the best way of putting it. But I don't know. It, it really, I would say, it comes down to some combination of angle sheets and uh, Vaughn for those two spots, DH and right. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, it's a good problem to have is that there's only one or two holes that yeah. you're kind of, you know, confused about. Uh, I will say, I'm going to correct you on one thing. Um, you did say that uh, Andrew Vaughn's bat is what's going to get uh, have him make money for the White Sox. If his bat's good enough, he's probably going to be getting making money somewhere else because you know Jerry doesn't open up the he checkbook. Seven years. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just throwing a little shade. That's all I'm going to hey, be they doing. They have a top five payroll this year, though. That's they're. I think they're at 183 right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like that bullpen's I, eating a lot of it. Yeah, you can't. They have like 40 percent of their money's in the bullpen, but like that's the thing is like you can't really say they're not spending money. The only criticism is like how they're spending it. Yeah. A lot of like. 18 to 13 million dollar contracts on this roster. It's better than like, you know, having one too many like 27 million dollar yeah. contracts on a team that's not, you know, not fully I mean, there yet. So you have, the, you have the flexibility to have a Super Bowl pen. So I guess it's, I mean, could be worse. You have to get to the playoffs to have it be important, but yeah, you could be as confusing of a team as the Twins. That, yeah. <laughs> so we'll get into that as well. Um, but in any case, before we get into the rest of the league, let's uh, kind of round it out. Um, one, just give me your your starting rotation uh, really quick, and yep. then I'll give you mine, and then we'll do our bold predictions. Yeah, so starting rotation to start the year, I think for me, I guess if we're going to name an opening day starter, I would go with Giolito. Tony's probably going to go with Lance Lynn, but, you know, I don't know. I'd probably go Giolito, but those two, one, two. Uh, Cease is three, Kopech four, Keiko five to start the year. Uh, Kopech, I mean, is the main interesting thing with, I don't know how many innings he's going to throw, so they're probably going to mix in some Ronaldo Lopez and uh, Vince Velasquez. But, uh, I mean, those five, are it's pretty clear cut. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. That's probably where I'd have it, too. We'll see how the, the Dallas Keuchel continues, because that's kind of the question. Be worse. <laughs> that's true. It was it was an exciting signing, and it, but if you recall, everyone was saying it's the White Sox version of the John Lester signing. No, it never was. It never was. I'm just yeah, saying. You got a top five Cy Young year in 2020. That, that made it worth it. Yeah, a lot of ground balls. So I would love, you know, who's who's to say? Get him out of the pen in, in those situations, maybe. When, when, when Hail, it you need a Hail Mary for a double play. Yeah, exactly. All right, Cubs, uh, There's this is a coin flip. I'm still going Kyle Hendricks, opening day starter. I think he's earned it. I think Marcus Stroman at uh, two makes sense, but I'm sure many will argue he should get the opening day start from an ener- energy standpoint. Uh, but there is nothing worse than um, – I would say losing opening day and having a day off the next day, which I don't mm-hmm. know how the schedule works, but also uh, I want him in that second game to bring the energy back just in case the Cubs do lose the opening day start, which they're playing the Brewers. They're likely going to have trouble hitting. So, um, and then Wade Miley three, Alec Mills four and Drew Smiley five, unless they sign someone else, which I hope they do. Um, that'll be something I ask later. Hint, hint. Um, but in any case, uh, I have my answer for that already. Uh, Alzali again on the 60 day IL to start the season. So um, with that being said, the rotation looks pretty good at the top and then you get to the bottom and it gets a little scary, but 
who's to say if someone like Mills or Smiley steps up, it's possible. Mills has a no hitter. Let's not forget that. Um, so anyway, moving on, we're ready for baseball. Obviously now it's time for your white Sox bold prediction of the year. What's the most bold thing you could think of? Uh, the thing is like bold, like with a good team, it's harder. It's not as fun. There's not as much leeway. I can really go with it because it's like, Oh, they're supposed to be good. Like, but I don't know if I have to go with a bold prediction, let me do. Okay. You know, I'm trying, there's like two things I'm thinking through in my head. So I'm just going to go with one of them and then I can go from there. Uh, it's going to number one, I guess, let me put it this way. Uh, Yasmani Grandal top three MVP. Ooh, that is a bold prediction. And it's one meant to poke the bear. That's why I went with that mainly. But I mean, I think you look at his numbers last year, he had a 370 on base percentage, uh, like 20 some home runs with a bunch of games missed with a knee injury. I mean, his average got up to around 240 by the end of the year. Uh, he, catching wasn't quite right throughout most of the year, but I mean, he sold more war than Salvi Perez, who is not better than him. So extrapolate that out to like 150 games, especially going to DH him a lot. Tools are there. He's definitely going to have to bat higher than 240 to be in my MVP conversation. I'm just. Oh, this say. is the new age, man. We care about FIP and war and WRC plus. We don't need hey, any of that batting average. Hey, Felix Hernandez won a Cy Young with like nine wins or something like that. So that was ahead of its time anyway. Um, so I am going to have my bold prediction as well. So my Cubs bold prediction this year is that Frank, the tank Schwindel will win the home run derby. What does that mean? He also has to be an all-star I think, right? Or nope. can you, no, nope. you can be a mercenary even better. Okay. So Frank, the tank Schwindel will win the home run derby as a mercenary, not necessarily making <laughs> the all-star game, which I love even more. Um, and my reasoning behind that, he only played 56 games for the Cubs last year, but in that time he batted 326 with 14 homers and 43 RBIs. And he's one of the main reasons why the Cubs really didn't uh, put their hat in the ring for Anthony Rizzo at first base. They have a lot of faith in Frank Schwindel. And so do I, the guy hits absolute tanks. Hence the nickname Frank the Tank. Yeah, I mean, I see. That's what I'm talking about. When you have a team that doesn't have the same expectations, it's a little more fun to pick what the, the you know the expectations are going to be. Like I think last year I had like Dylan Cease makes the All Star team, which really wouldn't be that much of a stretch this year. But I don't know because it's like I don't know. There's not much room to go. It's like they're supposed to be good, but I don't know. Yeah, it, is, it does get more fun time. when you have a bad. This is the only way we make having a bad team fun. I, Trust me, I would take your position over mine any day of the week. That's not, I remember years ago. I, I remember, I think at one point I wrote an article about how James McCann was the MVP front runner in April. I mean, I guess Yerman would have been really fun in a rebuild, but uh, that ship has sailed. Yeah, I mean, I bet he's like a fringe bench player on the Cubs right now, especially with the DH now. So maybe make another north side, south side trade. Maybe They're giving him reps and left. Even better. We that that's That's our hole. We need a left fielder, so... <laughs> Could I interest you in one year mean Mercedes? <laughs> you can have injured Cody Hoyer back. I don't okay. <laughs> take no. Craig Kimbrell's contract. We'll take Nick Madrigal back. It all works out. Wheeling and dealing. Okay. Um, so great. Love bold predictions. Love baseball. Hence why we're doing this podcast for a fourth year. <laughs> uh, who would have thought, right? Um, but it's only our second full season. So yeah. who's to say, right? Um, but in any case, all right. We're not going to do playoff predictions. I think we'll save that for right before the season starts. Yeah. But I do want to do division um, predictions. So I'll start this time because I've been making you start every time. Um, and I'm just going to go National League only. I'll have you do your National League. Then we'll do the American League. Uh, and then we'll close it up. So okay. I'm going to start with the NL West. This is a tough one, but I think I'm 
probably going to go Dodgers, then Giants, Padres, Diamondbacks, and Rockies, despite the Rockies signing of Chris Bryant. Uh, I don't think it's going to get it done. I do have the Diamondbacks playing a little bit better this year than they did last year, but they could disappoint. NL Central, we got Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Pirates, and Reds. Yes, the Pirates are out of the basement. Cubs will be in third. Um, Brewers and Cardinals, neither of them impressed me. I think like 89 to 91 wins, wins the division, and most of those wins will come in the division. Um, I will say I want the Cubs to beat the Reds like 15 times because they're still under the Reds in Pakota for some ungodly reasons. So, um, Joey Votto MVP. Hey, it's, he's going to have to, honestly. Um, and then, and at least I've got Mets, then Phillies, Braves, Marlins, and Nationals. Now, I just need to, the, the bats that the, the Phillies have right now are, are terrifying. With yep. You've got Schwarber, Castellanos, and Harper. Where do you stick all those guys, though? Because you can't DH Castellanos and Schwarber on the same day. I don't know. We'll see how. And Hoskins and Real Muto. And, it's going to be ugly on defense, man. Yeah. I, can't, I, for one, can't wait. Just go for um, strikeouts. They could use a high-leverage reliever that gets a lot of strikeouts in Craig Kimbrell. I've heard I've heard he may make his way to the NL East in the form of the Braves, but we'll see. Huh. Um, yeah, they got Jansen now. Yeah, but you never know. Um, but in any in any case, Pat, give me your NL predictions really yeah. quick. Yeah, so I guess I'll go with the West. I am uh, I'm going Dodgers in first. I just I don't think you can really pick against them. I, I mean, especially with Freddie Freeman. Uh, Giants in second, Padres third. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Diamondbacks in fourth and the Rockies in fifth. Like the Rockies, at least they're kind. I like they're not trying. Like, cause the roster is horrendous and they let, uh, what they let Trevor story and, uh, John Gray go for nothing, but Chris Bryant's here. So cool, fun. Uh, he's clearly happy with his resume so far in his career. And that's why he went there. Um, NL central, uh, Brewers, Cardinals, uh, I'm going to put the Cubs in third reds in fourth and the pirates in fifth. I just, the pirates lineup is just, it's so bad. I just, I can't, the, the, the reds were like, they've torn it down, but they still have some guys there like Jonathan India Castillo, as long as he's there. Uh, Votto that makes it interesting. The Pirates are just—it's just bad. I'm—I the reason I put the Pirates over the Reds was from a morale standpoint. At yeah. least the Pirates ownership—they didn't have anybody to sell, so they couldn't sell yeah. off. Um, where the Reds are like, yeah, we're tearing it down. Best of luck for no reason. Did yeah, they win like 83 games last year. Yeah, they were in third. I mean, they had like a nice season last year. They—I uh, I don't know. They traded the, Jesse the Winger for no reason, but uh, yeah, and it, Suarez. And, yeah, yeah, they had a decent team. They made a decent run. They passed the Cubs, who were in a yeah. free fall, but you know, and it's the weak division, so it really just makes no sense to me. But anyway, yeah. give me your NL East. Yeah, NL East. I'm going Mets in first. Uh, I'm going Phillies in second. I'm gonna go I'll switch things up a little bit here and put the Marlins in third. I'm going to put the Braves in fourth, World Series hangover, and I'm going to put the Nationals in fifth. And the Nationals may lose 100 games. Yeah, that's kind of why I had them down there. We were pretty close though. There was a couple, a couple yeah. of switches, but I think, um, I think that's pretty much where, where we're at. I'm going to do American League now. Um, West, I'm going Mariners. Mariners winning their division. Uh, they've retooled. Then Angels, Astros, Rangers, and Oakland A's. Um, so we'll see how that plays out in the West. It should be an interesting division, actually. Um, the angels will find a way to not make the playoffs once again. Yeah. But I picked them last time, year. I'm not making that mistake this year. Can't do it. It's just, it's, it's too sad that Mike Trout will like just not make the playoffs, but so be it. He, he, he signed that contract. He knew he was getting himself. Exactly. Like at this point, it's, it's what it is. At this point, you'll look at my paper. Cause I'm showing it again of all the cross outs I have. <laughs> 
Is that the east? Oh, that is the central yeah. and the east. Central. Um, um, not for the winner. The White Sox okay. are always going to be the winner of the like Central. Um, so I've got the White Sox. Then I have the Tigers, the Twins, the Guardians, and the Royals. So I'm sure yours will be a little different than that, but that's kind of where I have it. Um, the Twins just so freaking weird. They have like a lot of bats and no pitching. No pitching. No pitching. So, um, and then in the East, I've got Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Orioles. So um, there's like four legitimately good teams in the East that could make the playoffs and not all of them can make it. So that'll be an interesting uh, division as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll just go kind of the same way you did West. I got the Astros winning. Uh, just, I don't know. I can't pick against the Astros. I think even without Correa, they still got a pretty good lineup there. Kyle Tucker, I think is going to take a huge step forward. Uh, and if I were taking like an MLB bold, bold, bold God, I can't talk trip prediction. Him winning the MVP might be up there. Um, I think behind them, it's going to be Seattle. Uh, Angels in third. Uh, fourth is Texas. I just they, they don't have the pitching, I think, to really make a huge move in that division. And then Oakland might lose 130 games. Like I, 130. I cannot, they might. I can't, like, I just can't get my head around how just, just like, I, I, I don't want to call it disgusting because there's more important things happening in the world than baseball, than a baseball team selling off all their players. But what they're doing right after the CBA is absolutely insane. They've won. They've, they're over 500 the last four years, and now is the time to get rid of young, controllable talent. Yeah, I uh, I think I have the Reds losing more games, honestly, but it's hard to say. I they're guess they're yeah, trying the, to get to Vegas, man. That's all I can say about the Ace. Do you think so? That I mean, I think that guy. I mean, the way the way they're practicing this right now, like it can't even like. Like, it's just, I don't know. It feels like it doesn't get as much runtime just because, you know, Michael Lewis wrote a book 20 years ago. So the A's are smart. Uh, obviously, they still are clearly. That's why they're trading a bunch of good players for defense first prospects. Um, but uh, I just, I don't know. I think they're good. I think they're trying to get out of there. I, I don't understand how, like, this is where they go. Because at least when the White Sox tore it down, and I know I'm kind of going over time here. Uh, at least when, like, a team like the White Sox or the Cubs tore it down, they hadn't won anything with those players. The A's have made the playoffs three out of the last four years, and they've been over 500 all four. But now is the time to get rid of Frankie Montas and Chris Bassett and Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and uh, Sean Manaya and whoever else is going to go. It's just, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I, uh, it's it's really bad. I think, yeah, you got to name them. They're just burning it down, and then the Las Vegas Phoenix will rise from the ashes or something like that. Who knows what stupid name they'll come up with when that team moves. Anyway, give me the rest of your uh, your Yeah, prediction. we'll keep moving. Okay, so – Go ahead, Central. AL Central, White Sox are going to win, I think. It might not be 13 games, but it's going to be a pretty big cushion. Then it's like, I don't know. It's basically a coin flip from there. I, I'll i put the Twins second just out of respect for them actually spending money on Carlos Correa. But like you said, they have no pitching and have, if they go out and get Manaya or Montas, and if they maybe would have kept Jose Barrios and maybe gotten a reliever, this the, the, the division's interesting. But they their pitching is awful, and Maeda's out till like, September. So they're, they're not going to, they won 73 games and they had a good offense last year. They're not going to win like, you know, 15 more games with this roster. Uh, even if you cleanly give them the war, but other than that, I'm going Tigers in third, I think probably very close to the, to the, uh, to the twins. Uh, fourth is the Royals. And then fifth is the guardians. I just, the, the guardians are the opposite. They're the anti twins. They have zero hitting, especially once they trade Jose Ramirez. And then it's like their rotation's good. 
if Karen Chat can like, you know, throw the ball, he's good. Classe is one of the best closers in baseball, but they have nobody to hit the ball. So if you combine those two teams, they'd be scary. But uh, unfortunately, that's not how baseball works. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I think uh, we all want to see K- – oh, not me, me. I really want to see Karen Shack just tear it up, but who's you know we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, I'm curious yeah. to see how the Guardians are received as well, but uh, yeah, we'll that's see. such a minor story in the grand scheme of things. So yep. let's just move on. Yep. Uh, and then East, this is yeah, this is a tough one. I Blue Jays, I have them winning. I just think they on paper have the best roster in the American League. I mean, outside of maybe their bullpen, but that's the smallest part with the most variance. Uh, I got the Rays in second just because I'm pretty sure last year I didn't have the Rays in the playoffs and they won 100 games, so I'm not doubting the Rays anymore. Uh, I got the Yankees in third, Red Sox in fourth, probably separated by like one game. And then the Orioles, I mean, this is – what team is going to lose the most games? The Orioles very well may be up there too. Yeah, I think the Orioles be, not because of trying but because their division, right? The reason <laughs> the Reds won't lose the most games is because they get to play the Cubs and the yeah. Pirates like 36 times right um and then yeah as for the a's the a it's going to be between the a's the nationals and the orioles i think so the the nationals at least have juan soto like the orioles and the that's why when they were talking about the orioles getting correa i was like what are like that that, why luckily that didn't happen but let's do this then pick a team right now i'll let you pick first whoever has Less wins. So pick a team who's going to have the most losses this year. I'll pick another team. And then whoever has the most losses, like whoever's team like wins, I guess, or loses the most, we'll come up with next episode what that prize would be. Okay. What, but just go for it. Just make your pick right I, now. I think I've made my stance clear. I think I have to go with Oakland to stay on brand. Okay. I guess I'll, I'm going to go Nationals. I'm going to okay. go Nationals. So Nationals is my pick. You have Oakland, um, classic NLAL, and um, we will see. We'll, we'll think of some. We'll think of something. We'll come up with something for, good. Yeah, the, the the fight for 130 or something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so that pretty much concludes our our uh, return to baseball episode. We'll probably do another episode right before the season starts. Uh, get a little bit more in depth. We have some new segments planned. We have some old segments we are no longer doing. But in any case, Shuloscope Podcast is back and we could not be happier. Pat, of course, we have to end the episode in the way we always do. I think you have an idea of what I'm getting at, but it's a question Pat's never heard before. And I will ask him, see what he comes with on the cuff. You cannot pick Michael Conforto, but what free agent still remaining would you like the White Sox to sign in order to increase your chances of um, winning World Series or just enjoying the season more? Who is even still out there? Uh, that's the hardest part of this question. My brain has just been so fixated on Conforto. I don't even remember who else is even out there anymore at this point. I think I was looking at the top 50 list and I'm pretty sure he's the only one on there that hasn't signed outside of Kyle Seager, uh, who no longer plays the game of baseball. Um, if I had to pick one, I just, can I pick Brian Goodwin? Does that count? Yeah. He was on the White Sox last year. Okay. Then I'm going to go with him. I think, you know, they still need another outfielder, uh, kind of maybe, I don't know. It it depends on what they want to do with Mike Rodolfo and the minors who's out of options. But I think, you know, that was somebody who was fun last year, and I kind of held out hope they were going to bring Billy Hamilton back. Just, you know, fun spark off the bench. Kind of you need guys like that in a six-month season. Otherwise, it just becomes a slog. So I'm going to go with Brian Goodwin. I don't know how much he would move the needle on them winning, but it would be a fun addition that kind of throws back to, you know, 2020 uh, when he kind of came out of nowhere. First game against the Tigers, had five RBIs, I think it was. Had that one walk-off home run on a Sunday against uh, Cleveland. Uh, overall, just fun member of the team. I think it would be uh, nice to have him back, but I don't think it's going to happen. 
And he's definitely a cub killer. I'll put him in the cub yeah. killer category. Oh, yeah, that's right. That one at Wrigley after Kimbrell, uh, you know, gave him an opportunity to take the lead back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a wild game. Okay, um, and then uh, mine is actually – I'll make the even prediction. It will. He will be the opening day Twins starter, Johnny Cueto. Oh, I want the Cubs to sign Johnny Cueto like I need air to breathe. I want – I want. Um, I don't know, Pirates fans and Reds fans. I he was to, a free agent. He is a free agent. I want to see the shimmy. I want to see the rocking chair. I want it all. And I think he'd be a great fifth starter. Why Drew Smiley gets the nod over Johnny Cueto is beyond me. Cueto has been dominating the Cubs for a decade and a quarter. Why not just bring him aboard? Might as Could, well, right? Can we just think about what you just said? That And it's not outside of the realm of possibility that – uh, like the twins could sign their opening day starter literally three weeks before the season starts on a one year deal. That is just bananas. To and me. after they just paid Carlos Correa. Yeah, no, I, I, I seriously think Johnny Cueto will be the opening day starter for the twins. So um, anyway, what, what a way to close it out and what a way to start our season. Pat, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, you can listen to us on Spotify. SantChicago.com will be uh, writing some more articles as the baseball season rolls around. Uh, but in any case, because he's still a member of the Major League Baseball, we don't have to actually worry about this for more than five years now. But remember, everybody, Yadi Molina is not a Hall of Famer. Go Cubs, go White Sox, go baseball. Same old place, sweet home, Chicago.